When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. I say this with all due respect. Fuck off, Sean. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. One of these days. <laughs> One, One of these, these days. days. <laughs> One of these days. We need to just bring all the ridiculousness that happens 30 seconds before our show starts to the, the show. show. So what you're saying is ridiculous debate, <laughs> PHNX Suns. Let's do this. Yeah, let's all do right. this. I think it would be fun. Could just be the most wild and absolutely outrageous show on our network, but it would be a blast. That's mm-hmm. for sure. I feel like Sean would have to be a part of it because yes. yeah. 95% of yes. all the stupid debates we have <laughs> yes. is because of something Sean says in this oh, office. Oh, yes. hey, Sean. Oh. First off, first off, this conversation wasn't even started by me. Secondly, it's usually me responding with intelligence to some dumb shit that Lindsay said. So if we're being real about this, let's be real about this. You want to go there? I already went there. I already went there. I already went there. Let's. We all know what it is. We all know. You are out of control. I am, I am not the one, Lindsay. It is not. It is, I am not the one. You are literally Let's on go. one. He just dropped yeah. the mic. Literally. Wow. We have some passionate people. Wow. As, as very Brian strong says, no, listen. I did not expect Thursday to start like this. <laughs> Sean and I are either on the exact same page or polar opposite yes, end. There's, there's no, no in between. between. Nope. <laughs> no in between. As Brian says, anyway. Sean got no Riz Pizzito. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> that, was a, that was a very uh, brief glimpse <laughs> into what 30 seconds before the show looks like on a pretty regular basis in this office. That's amazing. It's always um, a little outrageous, yeah. but it's always fun. Yes. Again, it's always fun. <laughs> anyway, welcome into the PHNX Sun Show. I'm Lindsay, that's Saul, that's Gerald, and that's Espo. And we've got a lot of potential fights happening on today's show. So buckle yeah. up, everybody. I didn't realize how Italian I look in this shirt till I got on on the show. I look like, I, you say that like I'm in a, a bad, bad mob well, movie. I actually thought you were going bowling after this. I, my daughter Aww. goes, Daddy, why are you wearing a silly shirt today? Like, oh, she looks like a good bowling shirt. She looks like a good bowling shirt. I was like, in a bowling league and you get the matching shirt. Yeah, because you got the diamonds on the side. So I was like, I could get you guys some matching ones. We the Rizpositos? I would wear, one time, I would wear matching bowling shirts with you guys. Would you really? One time. All right. Season opener, we're getting matching bowling shirts. First row. Bowling for a championship. Yeah, we could do that for sure. Okay, let's dive into the shenanigans. So it would appear from face value on Twitter that Charles Barkley doesn't think that the Suns are going to be contenders this year. So let's put a little perspective into this, right? So 
Legion Hoops tweeted out that Charles Barkley says he only sees four NBA teams as contenders next season. And those teams are the Denver Nuggets, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Los Angeles Lakers, and the Boston Celtics. But when you actually go to the source of this information, which comes from Monty Poole on NBC Sports Bay Area, Charles actually mentioned when they had this conversation, quote, it's too early for predictions. Mm. But then he added a little bit of like, well, you could look at the Denver Nuggets, obviously being the defending champions. He brought up that the Lakers kept their core group. He mentioned, you know, the Celtics getting Kristaps Porzingis, and he's interested in seeing how that'll work. And then the Philadelphia 76ers, but they have to figure out the James Harden thing. There's a lot more context to this, but I feel like everyone popped off on Charles Barkley immediately. And if this was just as simple as those were his four contenders, I get it. But without the context, it's a little bit different. The or poor, with the context, it's a little different. The poor guy literally was just trying to think and named four teams <laughs> that, that came to mind. And Legion Hoops and other Twitter accounts were just like, these are his four contenders. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, let's find the audio, right? You, you listen to it. It's like, no, he's just literally off the top of his head. Just like, yeah, these four teams did some stuff this offseason or, or didn't and have some drama. But it, it's interesting, you know, like. A, yeah. a big nothing burger per usual. Yeah, I wouldn't take this as a slight because he also didn't mention uh, the Golden State Warriors. He didn't mention the Milwaukee Bucks, who had the best record in the league last year. Like he was just naming teams. Didn't off the mention top of the his Heat, head. who were in the finals. Right. Yeah. So it's it's really not that big of a deal. It's people just setting up other people to fail. <laughs> that's all See, this was. And that's the biggest problem, right? <clears throat> because when I first saw this, I was like, "Damn, Chuck, really, mm-hmm. really?" I got a little upset. Mm. smidge offended and then i sent it to the group chat and as was like let me look hold on sent us back the actual article with context and i was like okay i get it i'm not mad at you yeah no if, if he had come out and he was like these are the only four teams that can win a title yeah screw you chuck but that's not what he said <laughs> right at all so. and if he says that in a month and a half or two months or so when things are actually set in stone and we know what's going on heading into the season then we could be mad at him yeah. but for now we cannot but since this conversation did get brought up obviously we are going to be operating in the same way that charles was in the sense that it is too early for predictions because a lot of things are still fluid Mm -hmm. with certain teams across the nba but what are you guys feeling about um teams that are going to be contenders this year Um, I mean, me personally, obviously, I'm going to be biased. I think the Suns will compete for a championship. I think they are one of the top three teams in the league, in my opinion. I will give Denver the slightest of nods um, just because they have the best player in the league in Jokic, and he could dominate a game all by himself if he really wanted to. So uh, there's that. I don't even know who I would even put it to. Uh, I, I might say Milwaukee if they can put it together in the playoffs and they don't, you know, run into a buzzsaw that was Miami because they have Giannis, who I think is the second best player in the league. Um, but outside of that, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, and I think I think there's, to me, I feel like there's a distant there's a distant drop between those three teams until you get to the Celtics um, and everybody else. So, and, and I will give you a sleeper team for this year. I am very high on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Mm-hmm. I think they are going to be one of the funnest teams to watch in this league because they got so much youth, and then that's what's going to stop them from getting to like a high level because they have a lot of young guys that ha- don't know what it really is like to win 
consistently in the NBA, but they're starting to figure it out. They started figuring it out last year. Shea Gilgis Alexander um, was every bit as good as any other player in the league last year at points. Like, and so uh, you're bringing back um, homie from uh, a Chet Holmgren. Uh, you added to that team in the offseason. Like, they're like one star player away, in my opinion, from being like an elite team. Um, and they're going to be a hard team to beat and fun to watch. They were fun to watch, especially towards the latter half of last season already. So now that you've got all of that experience under your belt, I feel like Oklahoma City is going to be a team that's easy to root for if you're kind of one of those fans that could be easily bought. Mm-hmm. Or if you're a secondary type of uh, fan person, which I am, I'm mm-hmm. okay with secondary teams. Yeah, I, I think in the West, like there's Denver and there's Phoenix, and those are the top two. And then there's a slight gap. I'd probably put the Lakers and the Warriors in that next tier there. Um, and the Lakers, they're dependent on the health of their stars. I like a lot of what they did in the offseason. Um, the Warriors, they have to figure out the Chris Paul situation, but I think he will ultimately, they'll be able to figure that out. In the East, it's Bucks, Celtics, and then you could probably maybe throw the Heat in that same tier if they wind up getting Damian Lillard. But until that happens, they're still in a lower tier for me. So the top four to me are Boston, Milwaukee, Phoenix, and Denver. Um, I think those are probably, if I had to pick four, those would be my four title contending favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, the only four I think have a chance are Denver, uh, the 76ers, the Celtics, and the Lakers. So. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Go with the four huh? Barclays. No, look, it, Denver's one. Mm. And I hate to admit it, but until we see anything different on the court, you give the defending champions the benefit of the doubt uh, because that's that's just the way I feel right now. I think the Suns you, are two. You know we're going to end up playing Denver in game one on the road in Denver for their season over. You just know the NBA is going to cry. Yeah, and we'll be 1-0, and, oh, and then I'll change my list. So, <laughs> I'm just giving the respect right now that they're that they're due because they just hoisted the I reserve the right to change my mind. Oh, I'll change it that quick, too. <laughs> or even if the Suns aren't playing Denver and the Suns start 1-0 and oh and Denver starts 0-1, guess who's number one in the power rankings then? But look, I think it's Denver. I think it's the Suns with Milwaukee and Boston close behind in my four. I think that's I think that's the four, and I think those are the four that are going to kind of circle that top spot in the NBA all season long. Okay, two things. One, KO in the chat said Lindsay is a flipper. Um, when I refer to second teams, it's not a team that I'm like actively rooting for to by any means beat the Suns, mm-hmm. but it's I enjoy parts of what they're doing. So like the Sacramento Kings last year, there is a soft spot in my heart because we've been there. We had to go through the thick of it too. So they deserve a little bit of success, but not as far as going to say that they deserve to win a championship. Lindsay, That's say where it, I'm at. Okay. Say it with me. Screw them. If they're not Phoenix, screw them. All right. <laughs> I just like, there's so many good storylines and so many people of players that are easily like rootable. Like it's mm. easy to root for them. Screw storylines. I can't help it. <laughs> I'm, I got a soft spot for Really cool people. Yeah, that's fair. Not my fault. Anyway, second thing. Am I the only one who's not 100% sold on Denver being able to repeat? I feel like winning a championship is incredibly hard in and of itself. A repeat is even harder. No, I think, listen, I will go on the record. I'm not trying to throw shade at Denver by any means. I'm just saying it's a lot of pressure. Right now, it's it's a matter of respect, in in Mm -hmm. my opinion. It's a matter of respect. And I I get that. When I'm looking at what they added in the offseason versus what they lost... I don't see them repeating again. I don't. 
Um, I know they have the best player, but um, I, I just I have a hard time believing that a they didn't have a single bump in the road during that entire playoff run. Not one person got injured. Uh, Jamal Murray kind of tweaked his ankle a little bit against the Suns, but he came back and he was fine. Um, that was it. That was the only blip they had. And they played dominant basketball, played great team basketball, but you lost a couple key pieces into that cog and mainly Bruce Brown. And I just, I feel like that was, that was a huge blow. And, and my, also everyone got a year older. Sure. Sure. But and they played seven. Look, and I, I get it. You play who you play, but the reality is outside of the Suns, they played seven and eight seats. Like that's who they beat to get where they were going. And, you know, I, I, that is what it is, I, but I, that's I, the reality of it. I get what you're saying. However, um, there was three Eastern Conference teams that couldn't beat an eight seed anyway, and I they agree. got all the way to the finals. So, I mean, I, 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 I don't. I don't necessarily buy the seeding th- argument because if the Suns had made it to the championship um, after the Kevin Durant trade, well, I mean, before the Kevin Durant trade, they were, uh, you know, below the six line. And then after the KD trade, they they escalated up and, and they were better. And it, well, I think maybe after Booker came back, they escalated and then KD added to it. But um, that's not the same team that was the the team that you saw in December and January. Like, it's just completely different teams. So the seeding thing is like, man, I don't really I get care that, about that. But all we heard... When when the Suns made the finals was well they didn't play a healthy yeah, but team. That's all I mean, you hear every like, single. Like I'm year. like okay, I, and they didn't play they didn't play the toughest path to get to the finals either. Yeah, so. but yeah, but that's literally how it's set up. If you well, are the one seed, that's your I, prize for being the yeah. one. I get seed. that, but the Suns played who they played too. Like it's not like they could change. I know, who they but played. it's literally the, the basics of no, how the playoffs the, no, are. No, it's not worked, though. So. In the first round, yes, if you're the best team, you play the eight seed. Then usually your path gets tougher as it goes along because the better teams win in terms of seeding and. And most most years, it's a one or two seed against each other in the finals or a three. Rarely, if ever, do you see an eight seed make it all the way to the finals. It's a very it's a rarity. The Knicks did it in in '99. You saw this team uh, in in Miami do it this year. But it's a rarity that the one seed is facing the eighth seed of the Eastern I, I, Conference. I might give you I might give you a little bit of that, but uh, but. I don't know. I think the argument here is you got an eight seed who's playing at, a, at listen, they're they're playing at their hottest point all season in the heat, right? Um, versus team after team after team that was missing a key cog, a key superstar, right? Jamal Murray was gone. Uh, I'm thinking uh, Kawhi Leonard was gone. Like th- those are valuable pieces to those teams that they I didn't have. Agree. So I think there's a little bit of difference there in terms of who you're playing and when you're playing them, especially considering like they played the healthy Lakers team. Beat the shit out of them. They played a quote-unquote healthy uh, Suns team outside of Chris Paul, obviously. And, well, they, 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 and you could have made the this. Yeah, yeah, DA, like, yeah. Maybe I'm fumbling over my <laughs> argument then. <laughs> I, I'm less interested in But to everybody that. else, we were healthy. So you're, you're not wrong in that. That's true. Everyone else. That everybody did healthy. think we were healthy. I'm less interested in that and more interested in figuring out, okay, who when healthy can beat the Nuggets. And there aren't that many teams. Like if you look at the teams that lost to the teams that they had to eventually play, like – the Memphis Grizzlies were scaring no one last year no. because of all the stuff that was going on off the court and how mm-hmm. they had become villains and the Dylan Brooks stuff. Um, like the Golden State Warriors and Sacramento Kings were teams that weren't really like the Kings weren't taken seriously because of their lack of experience. And the Warriors had like they never recovered from the Jordan Poole punch um, that he took. So I, I feel like 
you could make that argument that yes, they had a historically easier uh, group of opponents they had to face. But again, like a, that's not their fault. And B, a lot of the teams that should have been there were not teams that really inspired fear in me either. I, I think there was a reason we all talked about the Nuggets Sun series as like, this is pretty much the Western Conference Finals yeah. because whoever's coming out of that other side, we're not particularly worried about them. And and the West wasn't really my It's more the East. Yeah. Uh, Giannis and the Bucks healthy mm. uh, would have been a hell of a better test for, for that, uh, mm. that Denver team. I think Boston would have been a better test uh, as well than uh, than the Heat were there. But look, again, you play who you play, but I think Lindsay's 100% right. It's tough to repeat in this league. It's tough to go a second season without any major injury or any hurdle. Uh, and I think their path will be tougher because I think the West is is tougher uh, in, in general this year. So, uh, you know, but as of right now, you give them the respect. They're the, they're the number one. I do think you give them the respect of including them in the conversation. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But just from like a realistic standpoint for me, it just seems like it. it I mean, it, it's an uphill battle for everyone, but mm -hmm. I feel like even more so when the pressure is on in that way. I also want to say one thing. This is basketball. This is basketball talk. Um, I think Dame going to the Heat is wildly overrated. I think people putting them in the top two or three in the league because Dame joined the Heat, <clears throat> in my opinion, I love Dame. I think he is phenomenal. I just don't think... I just don't think that that team, even with Dame, would be a top four team in, in the NBA. Doesn't that just discredit what you were saying, though, in terms of of them making the finals? Because you're replacing Kyle Lowry with Dame Lillard. Doesn't that make a team that was just in the finals that I, uh, I that much better that I should consider them that way? No, I'm because just... because the Heat were playing. Everybody was listen until they got to the NBA finals. Everybody was clicking. That's true. Like everybody was That's playing true. at a higher level. Then they got to the finals, and Max Struess went completely dark. Didn't didn't fucking make a shot for anything. Uh, and all the other contributors outside of you know like that were helping Jimmy Butler at first. Just just went awol. Like fair. they just didn't show up. And Jimmy That's Butler fair. was tanking because he. would Put everything else he had into the first couple rounds, plus yeah. the play-in. So, but, yeah, know. I think that's fair. Brian gets it. Brian in the chat sent us a super chat and said his ranking is number one: Suns, number two: Phoenix, number three: The Valley, number four: Thirty-six. I'm bothered, and number five: The Sun emoji. I think number four <laughs> is probably the biggest contender I see there. On Thirty-six, I'm bothered. So. I mean, it's pretty good. I Should like where your head's at, Brian. I'm going to go with that moving forward. Remember when I said I reserve the right to change my mind? Mm -hmm. Change my mind already. I'm going with Brian's list. There you go. <laughs> All right, guys. We have a really cool sponsor that recently joined the PHNX family, and I want to tell you guys about them. Wink. Wink is one of the coolest brands that we've been able to partner with. It's a seltzer with just a wink of THC. So how high will you get? Just a wink. These things are really cool because so Petey on the Coyote show was saying, you know, he got a little candid about the anxiety that he experiences mm -hmm. in life and especially in like social settings. And he's not really much of like a heavy drinker or anything of that sort. And sometimes he just wants something that helps make him feel a little more comfortable in these settings. And he tried wink when he was at a wedding and he said it was the best thing ever. Mm -hmm. It just made him feel comfortable. And I think that's one of the biggest compliments that you could give a product like wink especially if you know pd yeah <laughs> but i mean i just think that's absolutely great and it's also you know if you don't feel like drinking or if drinking isn't your thing or if you have an allergy like me wink comes in 
real handy in those type of social settings. And it's delicious. It's light, it's bubbly, and it's got a really refreshing flavor. They're also available in either 2.5 milligram or 5 milligram cans. So you can kind of pick and choose based on the situation, which one you would like to dabble in. Fun you can find, yeah, go ahead. I was just say, fun fact, my Austin, Re or Austin Rivers <laughs> rant, powered by Wink. There you go. <laughs> you can find Wink right here in Arizona. Look for Wink at all Sunday Goods dispensaries in the Valley and Botanica Dispensary in Tucson. They're now in 12 states nationwide, and they even recently launched online ordering and home delivery to about a dozen others. So to find the fastest way to get your hands on one, go to drinkwink.com, and that at Wink is spelled W-Y-N-K. You know what I like to do, Lindsay, after what? I have a wink? What do you like to do? I like to swing for the fences with my friends over at Bad MGM. <laughs> <laughs> I like to do it. This game is a lot of fun. If you, if you haven't done it, I highly recommend it. You log into your Bad MGM app on either iOS, Android, on your computer, wherever you like to do it. And then you go and you find the MLB Bad MGM free-to-play game that is swing for the fences. And it is super easy. You basically pick a place in the strike zone uh, on their graphic, and then you're going to win uh, a, an opportunity to make a bet on an MLB game, and you're either going to get a free bet, you're going to get a boost, wh whatever you win on there, you could apply to it. I love it. You can do it every day. Uh, you win something different all the time. And if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, I highly recommend you use that promo code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live, but for our Arizona audience right now, if you sign up, your first bet is going to receive up to 100 or excuse me, better than 100. $1,000 back in bonus bets if you lose with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use that bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for de full details. And now listen to our friend Shane with the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-522-4700, Nevada. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Kansas, Nevada, New York, or Ontario. And of course, our friends over at OGs have you covered for the best edible gummies in the market. OGs, their lineup is stacked, whether it's the fruits and the creams assorted pack that they have, their sleep edition gummies, the strawberry and cream, happy balance, or the lightweight friendly mini OGs. Our pals at OGs most definitely have something for you. So we highly recommend you check out OGs online at ogsbrands.com. You can also find them on Instagram at ogsbrands, or you can find their products at your local dispensary. You must be 21 years or older to purchase, and we ask that you enjoy them responsibly. What you guys laughing at? Oh, we just uh, reserved a fucking dope-ass space for all staff meeting next week, so oh, that's what we're talking about. We're all going to Lindsay's house. People are getting dunked on. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, man. Nope. Are we going to Vegas nope to and playing Slam Ball? <laughs> nope to Oh, both. all right. You can't come to my house, and I refuse to get dunked on. I will take you out at the knees before I allow <laughs> that to happen. Probably going to have to because that's where you're going to get dunked on from. <laughs> You have no From choice. Your knees? Take me down or you, where? You, you will get injured. 
I get dunked on, but I'm up tearing ACL. Saul's not going to be on the show <laughs> that Tuesday because he's going to try and dunk on me and he's going to end up in Damn. the hospital. We bought a three-foot Nerf hoop and we're playing knee basketball. <laughs> get ready. Oh, my goodness gracious. All right, guys. We also got some uh, quotes from James Jones via Dwayne Rankin's article, his Q&A with James Jones for the AZ Central. And there's a couple of things in here that I do want to talk about. Obviously, we were discussing kind of NBA contenders in this upcoming season. And Dwayne asked James Jones how he kind of ranked his offseason with the Suns. And he said, eight out of 10, very productive, but never perfect. So we all have the Suns as contenders, but how would you rank the offseason one through 10? I don't know how you could say anything but a 10 out of 10. Well, James Jones obviously didn't well, put James a 10 Jones out of 10. doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> 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 Kidding. You don't even know what you're doing. You Kidding. just scored a 10 out of a 10. Kidding, JJ. No, I, I thought he, I think it's a 10 out of 10. Listen, you, you kind of hamstrung yourself with acquiring Bradley Beal, which was a great trade. Um, but it left you zero wiggle room to sign free agents outside of the minimums and you maximize the minimums. So now you have a trio of superstars, solid role players, and you have depth. Everything that you wanted in the offseason, everything that was a deficiency from a year ago, including a third star player to help you out when Book and KD just maybe either don't have it or they're just consumed by double teams, you got uh, you got three-point shooting out the wazoo now because everybody else couldn't hit a bucket in that second-round series. Now you got those guys. Defensively, I feel like you're solid. Um, they're, they're probably going to improve over the course of the season. They might not be where they, they want to be, but they will get there. I have no doubt about that. And you have length and versatility. What else do you need, James? Mm -hmm. Outside of getting TJ McConnell, so maybe that's the 8 out of 10. If you want to get TJ McConnell, then that's a definitely then you get the that's extra a, two points. That's an A++. Plus plus. <laughs> oh, wow. If he said 10 out of 10, everybody would be like, oh, that's one cocky mf -er, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't believe he's saying he had a perfect offseason. Dude's trying to be humble he had a perfect offseason he thread that needle uh, where nobody thought that he could i mean everybody thought all oh, this team will will add some people but pump the brakes how are they gonna add anybody anybody major without trading deandre ayton deandre ayton's got to be the guy to go well guess what he kept da he added a star and he got rid of Chris Paul's contract that was going to cost him $30 million, which everybody thought they were going to have to wave and stretch him to do that. This was as perfect of an offseason as he could have had, and everybody knows in the past I've gritted James Jones on a giant curve. This guy gets a 10 out of 10 this year. <laughs> Not to be that guy. Uh, You're being that guy. Uh, to be that guy. I'll be that guy. For me, like a 10 out of 10 is like Giannis gets traded here, or like you get somebody like a star caliber player in the mid level or something like that. So I, I, I agree with him. Like it's not perfect, but. I'd still so give it a nine out of ten. So you wanted Kyrie close. or James Harden? Is what no, you're no, saying? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. You said a star. You said a star on the mid level. You said a star on the mid level. But mm. let me. Like, do we remember? He turned Chris Paul mm. the and the bathtub that he was soaking in, <laughs> and Landry Shamit. <laughs> 
for Bradley Beal. It was a great move. I mean, come on. Great move. I'm saying a 10 out of 10 is like you add multiple stars. You get guys to come here at like he said, severe discounts, like unrealistic because 10 out of 10 is perfection. You don't have Giannis and Nikola Jokic both coming here. Like that's what a perfect offseason is. That did 11 this, out of 10. No, right? That's a 10 out of 10. You break the damn scale. That's at that literally point. perfection. But I agree. Like I think it's a 9 out of 10. It was as good as you possibly could do with your situation you got bradley beal for only chris paul and landry shamit and some pick swaps like that's an astounding move and then the guys that you got to come here at a discounted price like it's a very good and you hired a new head coach who actually has championship experience the first coach the Suns have ever had with championship experience like it's a nine out of ten perfection no but it's about as close as you could get with what the Suns had yeah, Brian in the chat said the same thing. We got a championship coach, too. Like, this was a fantastic offseason for James Jones and the Phoenix Suns organization. Um, and it, everyone is excited to see how this all comes together. Even James Jones within this article, which, by the way, if you haven't read it, it's a two-part series over AZ Central. Go give it a, a read. There's a lot of cool stuff in there. Whoa, whoa, um, whoa, 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 whoa. Hmm. We all answered the question. I was getting to it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I felt like you were moving on to the next thing. We're like, I don't want to grade anybody. I'm going to go in the middle of the three of you. Yeah. I'll give it a 9.5. There you go. Yeah. I could have guessed that one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting on the fence. You got the jacks on right. and you're on the fence. All That's right. That's right. Welcome to the party. <laughs> I think a 9.5 is still really good. The only mm -hmm. thing that I think you could even... I don't think that it's worth questioning, but I think you could bring up the whole TJ McConnell thing and like, do you feel like a point guard would be beneficial? So if, if, be that's nice. the, if that's the side you're on, I don't think it's a necessity. I don't think it would hurt either, though. Yeah, no, I think it would be nice to have so, that, yeah. but it's not definitely not a necessity. Right, exactly. Anyway, James Jones was asked when you uh, when looking at your roster right now, what does it have that makes it a championship contender? And James Jones said versatility and balance, and more importantly, experience. You got you to talk like James Jones when you do I this. I can't though. do that. Oh. Okay. You do it. Uh, I don't know if I can nail James Jones, though. If you can't nail James Jones, how <laughs> do you expect me to nail James Jones? More importantly, experience. It takes a, a, a unique combination of skill, and, you know, we know how to navigate a regular season and postseason. You have to have success and failures in the postseason to understand what it actually takes to ultimately uh, to be successful and win a championship. I feel like that didn't sound anything like James. <laughs> I, I did my best. Gerald, I did my best. Try. I did uh, my Dwayne, best. we keep internal things internal here in Phoenix. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> one of the big things that I took from this was um, experience. And I do think that that is something that this team has a lot of. Got a lot of um, veteran players, but more importantly, a good majority of those veteran players are within their prime. And I think that's an exciting thing to be. We've got some younger guys who have a lot of upside as well. Um, but between the the big three, core four, whatever you want to call it, and then you add Eric Gordon to that list as well, these guys know what it takes. They've been through the ringer. They may not all of them have reached that ultimate goal, but they know deep down what it takes. And I think they're all on the same page, have the exact same mindset as far as the way that they work. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like this team has more or less the same experience as last season. Uh, I think the biggest thing is that you've gone through another postseason with some of your core guys, Book, DA, 
Um, and those are the guys that you're going to need to show up in a postseason. So, I mean, like, if anything, you could make the argument they got a little bit younger, they got a little bit less experience in terms of, like, you lost Chris Paul, a guy who's been in multiple playoff runs, and now you're with Bradley Beal, who's only been in a few. But, like Lindsay said, these are guys that are in their prime. They're younger, um, and they fit better with your core four, I think. So um, I think the fact that they have another big playoff failure in terms of getting blown out at home in a playoff series to be eliminated, I, I think they've added a unique blend of players who will help address some of the deficiencies we saw earlier in the series to where it might not come to an elimination game at home again. Look, I think the one thing you may be discrediting a little bit and, and maybe not intentionally is KD's championship experience, which you mm -hmm. only had him for a handful uh, of games in the regular season. You obviously had him... In, in the playoffs, but I think a full season with him around these guys, a guy who knows what it takes, how to get a, a group of superstars to come together and play, I think that's a, a big thing that they have going for them mm -hmm. this year that they didn't going in to last season. Uh, also, you look at this, and this team is built very much like the championship teams James Jones played on. A big three with a lot of quality uh, guy bench guys around them. So mm -hmm. I, this is probably the team that's built most like James Jones won titles with uh, as a player. So I, I think he's probably feeling pretty good about that, but I refuse to call it a big four. It's a big three and a half until I see a DeAndre Ayton prove that he's back to the defensive guy he can be. I mean, I think that's fair. nobody should nobody should ever utter the words big four right now. Like that, that's just point blank what it is like. D.A. has a lot of things that he needs to prove. Uh, this is a huge year for him. Uh, it feels like we, we kind of say that every year. Uh, but this is a, a this is kind of a different mode. Like last year was about. Uh, well, last year going into it was like prove it, prove that you're worth the max. The year before that was prove that you deserve the max. And the year before that, it was just hey, can he do it in the playoffs, prove it in the playoffs, you know, play high. So he's got so much left to prove, but clearly he knows that. He knows he wants to change the narrative around him. Um, but until he proves it, we we can never, ever say the big four. I, I, I think this is this is you're going to forget about DeAndre Aiden. Until we get to the season, I feel like I feel like we don't really talk about him much because of these three. And I'm excited to see the depth. The depth is the thing that I keep going back to that I want to see the most. I just want to see a Yuta in the corner hitting threes and getting excited. And and more than anything else, I just want these games to be fun again. I feel like they will. I hope so. I don't. I just. I don't know. I don't know like, how I know, it couldn't be like, fun for at least maybe by the end of the season, if things aren't gelling the way that they're supposed to, it could be unenjoyable. But I think the journey at the start of the season of them all figuring it out and when we start to actually see everything click, it's going to be a blast. You know, I think it was like, okay, let's just take the Spurs, for instance, right? In their heyday with, with their big three and their role players and stuff like that. I just felt like, you could always feel a Spurs run coming on, right? Like you just knew like, fuck, here we go again. Ginobili's hitting threes and it was just a different level. And, and 
honestly being in that in that arena several times during their run because i was in the military out there like you could feel it in the arena that was coming with the suns last year it was just it was kind of like you couldn't really tell if they were about to get on a run and then booker would hit a couple shots and then it would be like a quick they were like spurts instead of like runs and Mm. i hope that kind of changes because i feel like that kind of like sucked a little bit of the energy out of the building um you know not it's not disrespectful to say that about these players. They still won a lot of games. They still played at a high level. It just, the energy was just different is the best way I could put it. As opposed to 2021, that run against the Nuggets. I mean, we all remember the, the Tory Craig log. Like you could see that coming on because there was just multiple things that went into it. And that energy was insane. I hope that this team brings back a little bit more of the fun to these games because it felt like, the Suns were trying to be this methodical wear you down team to a certain degree with Chris Paul and Devin Booker. And I, it, it was efficient at, at times, but it, it wasn't fun when we got our asses handed to us by 30 points in the playoffs. Then you look back and you're like, eh, that season was, that season was kind of like, okay. Well, they, they didn't have the same continuity because of all the guys that they had in and out of the lineup all year. Like they had new faces. They were trying to work in between Damian Lee, Akogi, Jock Landale, uh, Chris Paul missed a month and then two weeks with a separate injury. Booker, we know he was out for like a month and a half. Um, they just didn't have the same guys on the floor kind of like in la- the season before. They were able to chug through it because they happen at separate times. But mm-hmm. this time around, it was like there was that one month stretch where they just couldn't win. McHale and D.A. had to step up as first options and just couldn't do it. Chris Paul had lost a step like it just it wasn't the same. And I think this team with Kevin Durant having a full offseason, a full training camp with this group, Bradley Beal, same thing. You're going to have a better chance to kind of build that continuity up so that those moments when you feel like you you know the Suns, okay, here they go, here they come. Last year we didn't get as many of those just because it felt like they were trying to weather so many different storms yeah, and trying yeah. to build a lot of that same chemistry. Yeah. You know what one thing I am looking forward to, though? What? Is I don't have to guess. For most of these players, I don't have to guess – is it age? Has he lost a step? Is he just? Oh, is he trying <laughs> to fit? In, is he yeah. trying to fit into a different role so he's not trying to be selfish? Like I don't have to worry about this this year. I know what KD is going to do mm. for the most part. Like, and if and if he stops hitting buckets and he looks a little slow off the step, uh, it's not because he's trying to fit in. It's just what it is. Like, and so I'm not worried about that. And I'm glad I don't have to talk about that this season because I just want to talk about basketball. I don't want to talk about how. The primary guy that sets up your offense, what's he doing? How's he doing it? Has he lost his depth? Are we doing uh, the whole long list of things? I'm excited about that. Yeah. Um, Keeler also mentioned the drama stuff with Crowder and DA and Monty. All of that is gone mm-hmm. this year, too. Oh my God. Which I know could have been, you know, a secondary plot of the season, I suppose you could say. Um, but it's gone. So regardless of how much you think it may have affected that group or not. We don't have to worry about it anymore, which is positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing from the chat, just, just real quick. Uh-oh. Everyone is um, chatting about my beanie. Uh, yes, I wear beanies in the summertime. It's okay. But where I draw the line <laughs> is Gilbert said, beanies hold your extensions. That's what I've heard. <laughs> Gilbert, this is my hair. <laughs> All of mine. I grew this myself. Thank you. Damn. Come again. Uh, <laughs> ouch. <laughs> 
It's all fake. It's my hair. She's actually okay? got a blonde pixie cut under <laughs> there. Just had to like... I know people are spreading rumors about me. <laughs> I would just like to address the situation. Yes, exactly. Hey, every now and then we have to do I grew that, it all you know, myself. I'm really proud of it, okay? <laughs> That's fantastic. Like, could you imagine if you grew, like, the dopest watermelon in your backyard and somebody was like, oh, did you buy this at so-and-so grocery store? You're like, no, sir. I grew this. That's that's the most that's, random example. <laughs> you looked at the three of us and went, that's the example that's going to resonate? No, I can't at all. You know when you grow watermelons in your backyard here in the I, year 1960? I sat there and I was stunned for a little bit. And I had to turn to these guys. And I was like, I hope they have the same look on their face that I do. And I sure did. I thought it was a... A perfect example. Oh my God, Lindsay. Lindsay, you really are older than all of us. <laughs> oh my God. It's just because I had watermelon in your for breakfast this morning. Pulled out one of them carrots that's just giant. It's so yeah. funny because, like, well, actually, all three of us kind of live on the outskirts of Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Lindsay's the only one that lives in Phoenix, in the city, mm -hmm. and you are talking about growing watermelon. Oh, I got a big ass yard, though. <laughs> I could have a garden back there. Do you? Yes. You do have a garden? Oh, do I? No, I have, <laughs> no, I have plans for a garden. I have plans. That is, that is the most lindy thing ever. I have plans for a garden. Those are called weeds and you have to pick them up every now and then. No, I mean like I've got the space already dedicated. I've got the little lattice thingies that you can like grow vine things she on. She has a garden in theory. I have dirt. It's a work in progress. I, I have okay? dirt and a wood slat thing. So yeah. what I have is a house. <laughs> and behind it is a lot of land. So I'm ready. I'm almost there. I'm going to grow that watermelon. You'll see. Listen, <laughs> one day, one day. Oh, wow. I will be able to bring in a watermelon. You'll you guys. see. Yeah, exactly. Musa, watermelon farming is underrated. I've been saying this. Exactly. <laughs> also, that was not shade at, at um, extensions by any means. It's just <laughs> that I do really like that I have a lot of hair. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Illegal Pizza is your go-to spot this summer. You can kick back and enjoy an ice-cold margarita or cola with a bucket margarita. of high noon. <laughs> Five high noons for just $22 at Illegal Pizza. And don't forget to give them a follow at Illegal Pizza on Instagram to stay updated on all their big events and deals going down this summer. Stay tuned on their stories to potentially win free tickets to the concerts that you are dying to see. Illegal Pete's is here to make this summer one for the book. So make sure you guys go check them out. Lindsay, will you be growing hops, barley, or malt in your uh, in your garden? No, because I'm pretty sure that's what triggers my allergies. Well, mm. guess what? Your friends at Four Peaks already have it taken care of for you. They make beer out of that, Lindsay. Did they you do. know that? Yes. Yes. And it's really good beer, too. They, did you know they don't use watermelons for that? Though? They should. All right. So our friends over at, uh, at Four Peaks is the official <laughs> craft beer of the Arizona Diamondbacks. And despite the team leaving a bitter taste in your mouth right now, the beer certainly won't. Their rattle on red ale is smooth as uh, Corbin Carroll's swing. Max obviously wrote that line. Yeah. <laughs> as I look that's why I tell you guys not to read off the script because Max is the worst. The, the worst. Of, like, we thought so Gerald's pens were bad. Max oh, is man. on another level. Yeah. But Saul, do you know what's not terrible? The beer at four peaks. Max just like slowly stepping out of his office over here. My favorite is whenever we do a questionable ad read or mention Max in any way, we just see him yeah. pop out like a gopher. Of his like office. I will literally be right by Max's office and I'll say, hey, you got a second? And he'll completely ignore me. But we'll be like 50 yards away 
away and we'll be like, oh, that ad read sucked. And then he'll be like, whoop. Out of his office, what? Superpower, guys. It's his superpower. Do you know what's not bitter like Max? What? Four Peaks beer. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure to check them out. They're Four Peaks draft room at Chase Field. (sighs) Top notch. I love that place. Check it out there. Also, follow them at Four Peaks Brew or go to fourpeaks.com/slash events to stay up to date on everything going on at Four Peaks Uh, and. It's doubled up here, but you must be 21 or over. Max, can you rewrite this? <laughs> okay, wait, 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 wait. I do want to. I do want to defend Max real quick because he is right. It is. It wasn't Max. It was actually Caitlin that I wrote still the be- script. I okay. still believe Max writes it and sends it to. Caitlin. He has influence. For uh, but sure. but anyways, you you know you know what's better than Max's writing? Four Peaks guys. Hey, and, uh, oh, just remember, Four Peaks. You must be 21 or older to drink Four Peaks. Please drink responsibly. You said that again. What? You just said it. No, I didn't. 21 I, and over. I started to say it and got interrupted like the entire freaking ad. <laughs> Anyways. Espo. <laughs> Sorry we ruined your ad read. That's on us. You know what's better we'll than my be ad read? We'll be better tomorrow, I Four peaks. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, whatever you're doing this summer, make sure your eyes are covered with Shady Rays. Shady Rays, they make gear that is built to last. We're talking premium polarized sunglasses. They are an independent sunglass company with a world-class product. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. So go to ShadyRays.com. Use that code PHNX to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. The shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Also, if you are local here in Phoenix, the Carolyn's Commons has a store for Shady Rays. So you can go try on and check out all of the different options that they have. So that's really nice for everyone who's local. Okay, guys, you ready to have the final argument of the show? Oh, you're all Hell not ready yeah. for this. The question of the day is, does Chris Paul belong in the Suns Ring of Honor? Yes or no? <laughs> Should I go first? Yeah, go ahead, Saul, because I think Gerald first. and I are actually going to fight. So <laughs> we might have um, to. So uh, I, I've, I've gone back and forth on this for okay. like five seconds. And, um, <laughs> five seconds. And I, I do believe Chris Paul should be in the Ring of Honor. Uh, listen, I think for what he did for this franchise to pull it out um, from the depths, I know it improved the year before he got there, uh, but like I said, it takes somebody to take what you've built already and take it to a whole nother level. And Chris Paul was able to do that. And it's not even just about achievement on the court. I think it's more of his influence with the, with specific players and namely Devin Booker. I don't know if Devin Booker is at the level he's at without Chris Paul's influence and leadership um, in in the last three seasons. He was vital to this franchise to show them the winning ways again um, after they had lost it for a decade. And I, I just don't think you can overlook what he meant in that moment. And I know I've been kind of hard on Chris Paul from time to time. I just felt like last season was kind of a wash for, for the most part and that I was questioning what kind of value he could have possibly brought. But – um, but CP definitely deserves um, all the flowers for getting us to the finals, for getting us to our best record in franchise history, and for helping guide our young superstar to a whole nother level, um, which I think we're gonna we're gonna enjoy the fruits of for the next decade. 
Look, I, I've because a lot of people I've been pretty staunchly in favor of Chris Paul being in the Ring of Honor. I've been saying this on Twitter for a while now, and I've gotten a lot of pushback on that because he was only here for three seasons. Charles Barkley was only here for four, and Charles Barkley is the only player in Suns franchise history that had more of an impact in a short amount of time as Chris Paul. This is a two-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA selection, one-time NBA assist leader, a Western Conference champ, took you to your third NBA Finals. You'd only been there twice before in your entire history. Um, he's second in assists per game in franchise history. And everybody you know, talks about, oh, he didn't put up you know, Hall of Fame, Ring of Honor numbers here. He averaged 15-9-4. and four. Steve Nash, in his son's tenure, averaged 14-9-3. and three. So like, I know that Nash was a more efficient shooter, and he was here for longer, obviously, but this isn't about longevity. Like, we're the only NBA franchise that does this, that has a ring of honor. And the whole point of that is to celebrate players that were impactful and had meaning to the franchise. How are you going to argue that Chris Paul did not do that when you went from a 38-win pace season the year before he arrived to a 58-win pace season that next year when you went to the finals with him, when you had your best season in franchise history with him at the helm, like, I understand Devin Booker is the face of the franchise. He's the best player here. But Chris Paul, in just three seasons here, had as many All-NBA selections as Tom Chambers, as many as Walter Davis, both of whom are in the Ring of Honor. He had more All-NBA selections than Connie Hawkins, Dan Marley, and Dick Van Arsdale, all in the Ring of Honor. So, like, the only case against him is that he wasn't here for long enough, but that shouldn't diminish the impact that he had during his time here. Mm -hmm. And if you're talking about players that came in and had an impact there are very few that had more of an impact than Chris Paul if you want to argue we, he needs to wait until like Sean Mary and Amari Stoudemire some of these other guys get in I totally understand that that's totally fine but the question is whether he deserves the ring of honor not whether he should be in next and I feel like if you're looking at the history of most influential Suns players he's got to be in the top 10. Well, I knew I knew Gerald was going to go that way and I had no interest Zero interest <laughs> in trying to debate this because I knew he was going to come hard with the facts. Well, guess goddamn, he did. Guess what? There's facts that he left uh -oh. out to make his argument more convenient. Uh -oh. oh, here we go. Because I spent well over an hour researching mm -hmm. this day, going through each player in the Ring of Honor. Mm -hmm. And let's lay out the case. Chris Paul, three seasons with the Suns. That would be the shortest tenure of anybody to make it into the Suns' Ring of Honor. Only a two-time All-Star did make the one finals appearance. Can't deny that. Third highest in assists per game with the Suns. But guess what? The guy that's number one in that stat, Jason Kidd, who was here for longer, isn't in the ring of honor there. Seventh highest in steals per game. But Ron Lee, Don Busey, and Charlie Scott all are higher than him on the list, which shows you how unimportant that stat tends to be there. So Ninth highest player, <laughs> player efficiency rating. Guess who? Guess who's ahead of him? DeAndre Ayton. Okay, when you look at this, number two in assist percentage. But Elliot Perry, Eric Bledsoe, Tyler Eulis, and Jay Humphreys are all in the top ten there. And he's number one in offensive efficiency rating. I'll give him credit there. But look, the, the problem here is of Ring of Honor is about impact, where you rank in franchise history, and what you've done. You threw out Connie Hawkins and kind of dismissed him. Uh, four seasons, 
four-time All-Star, also the first superstar in franchise history that helped put basketball on the map here in Phoenix. I think that's a more important impact than CP3 had here. Uh, you bring up KJ, three-time All-Star, number two all-time in assists, number three in points, number two in total assists, number four in steals, number one in free throws. He had a bigger impact on the franchise in that way. Oh, and came out of retirement to save their ass when all their point guards were injured and they were going to a playoff series with the San Antonio Spurs. Steve Nash, you want to compare their stats, but Steve Nash played 10 seasons here as the all-time leader in assists, won two MVPs, and had six All-Star appearances as a Phoenix Sun. How many finals appearances? Doesn't matter. He changed the game of basketball here in Phoenix and across the NBA mm -hmm. in his time in Phoenix. Mm -hmm. So don't tell me that Chris Paul is just as important or more important I than Steve Nash to Phoenix or that they're on equal footing just because their statistical averages are okay, close there. Let me let me let me cut you off because you're <laughs> you're bringing up a lot of arguments that I did not make and you're bringing up stats that you're building up to knock down. Like you brought up steals per game. Where in my thing did I mention that no, steals per game was a relevant argument for Chris Paul being in the ring of No, honor? you had no. You brought your up arguments player efficiency. Were, were all, you, uh, oh, uh, you know, theory. Uh, they were in, <laughs> oh, he made the finals. They had a big turnaround. They, he didn't even have the biggest turnaround. Tom Chambers. I didn't was, say he was, did. You, I said you went from 38 pace wins to 58. Yeah, That's a pretty Tom big Chambers jump. Tom Chambers had a bigger hop in his first season here in Phoenix. Tom they Chambers went, was not the driving force behind yes, that team that Chris Paul was you in go the same way in on a finals team on a team that went to the finals. The, no, Tom Chambers was the driving the force of the 1988 Phoenix Did they Suns. They go to the finals. They went to the it's Western the Conference Finals, I believe, and ran into the Lakers. You brought up, you brought up player efficiency rating, which is a trash stat. He brought oh, up all now these different stats. Hold on. Gerald, Mr. Advanced Analytics, is now trashing advanced stats to try to because make Chris PER Paul in the ring of honor. PER is a dumb stat. The let, people that know advanced analytics know that PER is a stupid make, stat. Let's make this very clear. <laughs> Chris Paul is Charlie Scott for the Phoenix Suns franchise. Absolutely and in no not. Way, that is no ridiculous. Way is, that, no. is that an insult to now Chris you're Paul? Just being Charlie a troll. Scott. Here for four years, three-time no. All-Star, future Hall of Famer, number one in points per game in Suns history, number seven in minutes per game, and number five in steals per game in Suns history. There's not enough longevity for Chris Paul oh with this franchise, not enough impact statistically, not enough awards won, and he made it to the finals. Great. Devin Booker was a big part of that, too. It's not as if... Chris Paul single-handedly carried this team to the NBA Finals. Charles Barkley had a bigger impact when he came here as well. Like, he look, did. I Chris Paul's impact on this franchise changed things culturally, and I don't deny that. But he's not Ring of Honor worthy. His numbers shouldn't be retired. He did not have enough of an impact on this franchise and the long-term standing of this franchise. Then, uh, honestly, Matt Ishbia deserves to be in there faster. <laughs> Chris no. Paul. You're being oh ridiculous. My God. You're being a troll on oh purpose. My God. You know you no. Look, oh. That is absurd. You compared Chris Paul to Charlie Scott. That is absurd. You're bringing in his up. Time you're in bringing Phoenix, up. Stats. Not his career. You're, you're bringing up things that nobody here is arguing with. Like you're saying that Nash had more of an impact. Of course he did. He was here for longer. He won MVPs. He was. But your argument was they players. had the same kind of stat line. My argument was for the people that are arguing that Chris Paul didn't put up good enough numbers while he was here. His numbers 
compare pretty well to Steve Nash, who is the same guy that they're arguing is the greatest son of all time. That's my point. My point is not to diminish. Like you said, I diminished Connie Hawkins. No, I didn't. I just said that Chris Paul has more all NBA selections during his time here than Connie Hawkins did. My point is all of these people, five of whom I named that are already in the ring of honor. Chris Paul had more all NBA selections than them or just as many in three years. The point is that Chris Paul had that much of an impact and was that good during his time here that his only spending three seasons here is not enough of a reason to leave him out. So your whole point, okay, the biggest point you're making about Chris Paul being in the ring of honor is that they went to the finals, basically, and his all NBA appearances. No, it's that they went to the finals, that they won 20 more games, that that they had their best season in franchise history with him as an all NBA player that like in terms of the most influential sons who came here and helped turn things around after fucking 10 years out of the playoffs, which was their longest playoff drought in franchise history. He got help get them back to the finals. Like that's absurd. If we're going to try to diminish that after the fact, just because last year he was a shell of that same player. I'm not trying to diminish it. I'm saying no, (laughs) I, I appreciate him helping them get to the finals. I appreciate him coming in here and restoring some of, the the shine that's on the Phoenix Suns franchise. But mm-hmm. those two things are not enough to put him up there with the greatest ever to do it in the franchise. Why not? That's what the Ring of Honor is about. I'm not Why? giving I'm not giving whoa, him whoa, whoa, credit whoa, whoa, for the previous to decide what exactly the Ring of Honor oh, is about. Right. For me, the Ring of Honor would be impact. Or in multiple ways, it could be like Al McCoy did what? not impact this franchise from a basketball I'm perspective. At on the but court. from a community perspective. I'm just saying impact yeah. within the Suns organization is what I look at the Ring of Honor and, as. And Chris Paul had a huge impact. Yeah. The on only this guy in the Ring of Honor that I would argue had less of an impact <clears throat> than Chris Paul that shouldn't be there if you're going to make that argument is Tom Chambers. That's the one guy I look on there and go, Chris Paul maybe would deserve a spot if we're arguing but Chris Tom Paul Chambers will forever go down as one of the greatest point guards in franchise history. No, he won't. Yes, yes he will. What? No, go look at last. Okay, so two good years. I would. They were up- so good. They were two I, of no. the greatest years no, in franchise history. No, they were not history. two of the greatest years. Yes, point. they were. They went no. to the fucking finals and they won 64 games. That's not him as a point guard. Espo. This is an individual honor. Espo, you it's literally part said, of their contribution. No. You literally said no. that Chris Paul is quite possibly the best point guard to ever play for this franchise. No, he's the best point guard as in totality, right? right? Not in the not in the 3 years I'm looking at him on this franchise. Too often injured, came primarily in the playoffs where it hurt them. Uh, if you look at it statistically, very good. But we're talking about a franchise that had Jason Kidd, had had freaking Gail Goodrich originally, Jason, had KJ, who was who was very very good at point guard. You want to talk Kidd about accomplished injured. nothing as a son. <laughs> he his stats were great too. We're talking about an individual honor, right? In part. Okay, so more all-star appearances, all these but, things. Like he's, he's, a, he's a very here's, here's, short. Here's my, he had two all-star appearances in three and years. Two All NBAs. You're Great. just gonna dismiss Great. the more important two, one. Two All NBAs. It was too short of a runway for him to be in the Ring of Honor. Oh, I will stand by that till the day I die. And that is that is just the way it is. 
three years here and two years that were really good. One that we all questioned if he was even capable of doing it anymore is not enough to get you in the ring of honor. All right. I'm going to put a little pause on this conversation. (laughs) And we did get a super chat from Psycho Blue. Thank you. Said Scott to CP3 is because we traded Scott for Westfall and we traded CP3 for Beal. Thank you, Psycho Blue, for your super chat. That's um, I don't think we're ever going to get to an agreement here. No, I don't think that was ever the point. Um, <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be this heated, to be completely honest with you. What do you Just, think? I'm so, I'm so sick. I, I'm, yes. I'm so sick of now that Chris Paul is gone and because he had a down year, the argument, everybody comes out of the woodworks every time someone leaves the Suns about how, oh, they actually weren't that good. And, oh, we're better off no. without them. And, oh, we didn't need them. Didn't and, this shit, and it happens with Chris Paul a lot because he gets blamed for what DA's role has been. He gets blamed for bogging down the offense. He gets blamed for all this stuff. And I agree with it to a certain extent in terms of the offense will be different this year and it'll be faster. And we saw that in the playoffs to a certain degree. Hold on. But this rewriting of history, like he wasn't a part of two of the best seasons in franchise history is insane to me. And I feel like that is something that's worth being remembered, especially if we're the only franchise that does this. And the whole point is to honor players that made meaningful contributions to this franchise. We're not the only not, franchise that does we're the, the only thing. franchise. No, no, they don't. Yeah, they, they, don't. Do. they retire their jerseys. That's not which the is, same thing. It's, it's the same thing. not the thing. ring of honor. I disagree. It's not the same, it's thing. Not the same thing. It's not the same thing. Because I don't think that Chick Chris Paul's jersey should be retired. I think it's totally different to retire a jersey than the ring of honor that the Suns have. Because we did look it up ahead of the show because Gerald had mentioned that yeah. as far as he is aware, the Suns are the only NBA team that has a, quote, ring of honor. Fine. If we're going to And I think that, that in that sense is why... I think the criteria to be inducted into a ring of honor is different than like the Hall of Fame or a Jersey retirement. Those type of things I feel like are higher up on the totem pole than a quote unquote ring of honor like what we have. And this ring of honor, again, going back to the initial conversation, is about impact that that person had on the franchise. And I don't think that you can define impact over a number of years Impact can be substantial regardless if it was a one-day thing or a 10-year span. Look, Gerald. In my opinion. I am in no way trying to claim that that Chris Paul had no impact and that he shouldn't be thanked for— I mean, I I even made that very clear that he deserves our appreciation for what he did. My point is is just, is it— a big enough impact over a long enough time and for me it's not but i that's not diminishing mm. the fact that he came here and he he was part of that finals run mm. he was part of that 64 win team i'm not trying to erase his what he did i want to make that very clear i'm just talking in this very specific thing and i hold this uh, in in a different frame of mind than than you do in the way i approach it and I, and I, that's fine that mm. we can have that i just i wanted to make it clear no, no, i wasn't I trying you. to be that guy i know, know you're not I, and i'm 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 merely addressing the fact that i feel like these two years are going to fly under the radar and i feel like people are going to quickly move on because we got bradley beal and there's a lot of reasons to be excited about this Suns team that's coming up. But we don't have KD. We don't have Bradley Beal. We don't have stars that want to come to Phoenix and take discounts to play for this team 
without Chris Paul first looking at the Suns in the bubble and looking at what Devin Booker has done and Monty and all this other stuff and saying, I want to be here. And he was instrumental. Like people forget that that first season that they were together, people were painting Chris Paul in, in cartoon pictures as like a parent holding these young kids. And yeah, that was gross and way over the line. <laughs> but like there was that real person. He was the Suns leading MVP candidate that year. Like he was legitimately fantastic those first two seasons. And I just, I don't know. I don't care that he was only here for three years. Like I don't know how you can come here in three years and have more of an impact than he did. And we obviously have different standards in that way. But if they win a title this year, Chris Paul deserves credit in in a way for building it and getting them to a level. You're right. Because mm -hmm. he's the first guy that said, I'll come play with Devin Booker. Mm -hmm. It gave legitimacy to that. So I agree on that front. I just I hold it in a different standard, the level at which I let somebody into that group, the the amount of time, what you know, what is accomplished on the court from an individual perspective. That's the way I look at it. Okay, a couple more super chats. Jason sent us one, and this is also Jason's first super chat. Jason! So thanks for Yay! being here, Jason, and for Shots. the super chat. Said, we don't have KD and Beal wanting to come to the Suns without Chris Paul validating Booker and the Suns organization and being a part of the finals run. 100%. I agree, too, because we even talked about that with Ricky Rubio mm -hmm. being able to be the guy who allowed Book to be seen. So Ricky should be in the ring of honor? I'm saying then? it no. started with Ricky Rubio. <laughs> it went maybe. to another level with Chris Paul. His hair and Kelly Oubre's eyes. <laughs> Kelly, Kelly, Oubre's, <laughs> Kelly Oubre's Riz should be in the ring of honor. Also, with, Ricky Rubio's eyelashes. With perfection. Yeah, uh, Thomas sent us a super chat and said, this is a good pod. Thanks, Thanks Thomas. Thomas. Appreciate you. Uh, Leo sent us a super chat, said, Espo, I think you know to need to go to Circle K for a Polar Pop to cool down. Oh, I <laughs> Actually, I had one of the Loca Colas before I did this <laughs> argument. So. Now that makes more sense. It makes way more sense. We had a couple super chats from earlier in the show, too, that we will read now. Bobby Cox said, hi, Lindsay, Saul, Gerald, and Espo. Hi, Bobby. Hi, Bobby. Good to see you. <laughs> Libertarian Sasquatch said, who's Espo? I only know Rizbo. That's right. I thought, I thought it was, was Rizposito. It is, it is but sometimes you, you oh, shorten okay. it. Okay, that's like yeah. the nickname for it? Can you get tired from saying that extra syllable? Well, I mean, that's why I'm Espo, <laughs> not Esposito, I guess. Rizbo. So. I mean, that's for sure. Uh, Psycho Blue sent us another one and said, Barkley forgot that his curse was already broken. Hmm. Because some people were talking about how Charles Barkley is still like, the the thought process is that he would hate it if Kevin Durant won uh, uh, well, a title here. Would. Yeah, he would feel some type of way. Um, and then this one, this comment. So says Jay. Says now you two hug. Okay, let's All hug right. it out. Hug it out. <laughs> hug it out. There we go. Hey, uh, <laughs> we're friends again. Gerald's we were still always in, friends. Gerald's still in my ring of honor. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. Is he on your top eight today? Oh, of though? course, he's number one. <laughs> That's the question. I look. I am all for. Good, good arguments and debates. It's not about the individual. It's about the specific thing we're talking about. And I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah. And if Saul had researched more, I would have yelled at Saul too. <laughs> I mean, Saul's I just. just sitting here like I'm so over this. I don't even know. Uh, never mind. I'm not going to keep it going um, because we've been on this soapbox for a hot minute now. So I'm not doing it. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, this was a fun one. That's for sure. It ended way spicier than I anticipated it ending. We started spicy, we ended spicy. We did. 
So, Lindsay, you're not going to give your, your your. I already said it. Did you? Yes, said I yes. said he does. I don't think he should have his jersey retired, but he should absolutely uh, be in the Ring yeah, of you're, Honor you're right. because of the impact. I missed that. My bad. That's my you fault. Just tuned Saul, me do, out. Saul, do you need a hug too? <laughs> I see how it is. Saul. That's well, you sit your ass down. <laughs> <laughs> also, the chat voted. Sixty percent said yes. Forty percent said no. Well, the forty so... percent of you are in my Ring of Honor. So, <laughs> anyway, as Jay said, love always wins. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow for hopefully some Friday fun. We'll keep things a little bit more light, but no promises. Until we see you tomorrow, you can follow the show on Twitter at PHNX underscore sons. You can follow me at Lindsay Smith AZ. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. Remember, if you lower your standards... Everybody's gonna be called a son's legend.